the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. Another gorgeous day here in western Pennsylvania. And the spotted lanternflies continue to (laughs) consume everything within its sight. Now, they weren't as bad when I came in today as they were yesterday. Listen, I'm I'm sitting here on my six-floor window. I can see multitudes of them flying around. In the window, on six floors up. So they're still around. But yesterday was particularly Yesterday bad. was was like, I, feel, I felt like they had gone Old Testament on us. Yeah, and we're not the only ones, because our friend Eddie, I saw him post on Facebook saying, what's going on with the spotted lanternfly? So, oh, so they were all over his place, too. Yeah. Interesting. So whatever woke them up or, you know, made the numbers increase to... It was disgusting. Crazy. It was disgusting. I rarely get the willies. Yeah. But I got the willies yesterday. When I looked at the back of our building yesterday, mm-hmm. I thought, <laughs> there's, there's not enough stomping no, that can take care of and that. I hate, I, how, have you seen the trees that are wrapped with um, the sticky paper? No. Yeah. Um, that's n- another way to combat them. It's right? like a protection device? No, no. They, they stick to the trees. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like fly paper. You know what fly paper is? Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, and so the bugs just stick to it. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, but it's protecting the trees is what I'm saying, uh, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I just think it's Good gross. Golly. Hey, well, did you uh, get up early this morning and go downtown to see the helicopters? The Blackhawks? No. I mean, they were there. I didn't. I, I guess I did know that was happening, yeah. but I forgot about it. I mean, it, it drew a, a big crowd at um, Point State Park and on the north side as well. They were conducting training exercises. I mean, you know, four Blackhawk helicopters, then they were hovering over the rivers, and then they were rappling down on ropes into boats. It's pretty cool. There were a bunch did of you? There. No, I did not. Oh, okay. Just, you know, I saw a little clip on, on the news. That's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. So, so. How, what time were they doing this? Seven. Okay. I wasn't awake at seven. I was not. <laughs> were you awake at seven, Lex? Seven. Absolutely not. No. no. I was awake at seven. I took my car in to... Um, <clears throat> Uh, start the repair process after it was rear-ended uh, on vacation. Oh, I'm so glad great. it's repairable. Me too. So I was up super early because we had to go down and uh, do the paperwork. And, you know, oh, that's great. It's a up. hot day in Pittsburgh. It is a hot it's day. It's a hot mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're looking forward to a great mm-hmm. couple hours together uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the relationship between anxiety disorders, which we know are on the rise, and the extensive use of... Of cellular phones. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Great is the relationship gonna, well, between the two. Well, we're going to talk it about it in the five o'clock hour. Um, we're also going to discuss uh, lazy girl jobs. Oh, what's that mm-hmm. mean? Lazy girl jobs are trending um, in current culture. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about what lazy girl jobs are and why so many people want them. Are you looking for one? No. Well, it does sound pretty good. No, no. Don't be throwing no, it, shade. It does sound pretty good. No. Um, You're very active. And so some, is Lex. There's some no lazy advo- girl jobs Some here. advocates, according to NBC News, say lazy girl jobs and quiet quitting mm-hmm. are attempts to reclaim some power. 
in the face of corporate exploitation. Oh, that's what it's about. Uh, well, I Power. feel like that Power. is like the nicest way you can look at it. Otherwise, it's just like lazy, a cacophony of human laziness. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so that's a five a good o'clock spin on it. And uh, it's also eat a peach day. Oh, is it though? Mm-hmm. I had a peach today. Did you? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had any peaches. I, well, I, I've only had a peach when we were in Maryland this year. I haven't had one peach mm, in you my home state. I've made multiple trips to Costco where oh, the peach yeah. is there. When you go next, could you get me some? I will, yeah. yeah. Okay, I would Off appreciate the that. But then we haven't gone for a couple of weeks. My wife went and bought some Chambersburg peaches um, over the weekend, and we put them in the little brown paper yeah. bag. To, they were good. Oh, they weren't as good? Mm-mm. No. And, of course, we did a peach truck the last couple of years. Right, but, Those the pe- were great. but 90% of the peach truck uh, crop was decimated yeah. because of the weather so over the winter. Peaches are supposed to be in season until, I think, uh, the first or second week of September. So there's still time. But okay. if I do go, we're going to go there shortly. I'll make sure I get you some peaches. It's eat a peach day. Oh, don't you love a peach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All anyway, right. that's just a little taste for what we have waiting for us. No pun intended. News, Blackhawk helicopters, and uh And wait to hear a couple of the news stories I have. Excellent. Good. All right, then. Good. The wait is over. They're Without wacky. further ado, Kath, please give us the news, the top four at four. I mean, some of these are incredible. Are they? Mm-hmm. For Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, number one. Pakistan's military has rescued eight people, six mm. kids, two adults, who spent hours in a cable car suspended 900 feet in the air. If that doesn't give you the willies. Yeah. Uh, the cable that was holding them in place snapped above a remote mountainous area in the north of the country. The Army's Special Services Group rescued the two kids via helicopter by means of a sling lowered from above. Uh, The rest were rescued in a ground-based effort after the helicopter approach became too dangerous using a chairlift edged along the intact cable. Can you imagine? So the the one cable has snapped. The other cable is still holding. And so they put another chairlift on that to try to get up to the poor people who were dangling there. They couldn't do it. The first helicopter rescue to get the kids off, it took four tries before it worked. I mean, But everyone's been rescued. Yes, everybody's rescued. While they were waiting, food, water, and medicine was passed to those trapped by these small little lifts that were attached to the cable. So kids go up and down these cables every day to go to school. Yeah. Right? So this is not the first time this has happened. 150 kids in the area have to use the cable car uh, twice a day. I mean, that's just incredible. The first cable, you know when the first uh, cable broke? Hmm. After they'd been on the chairlift for a mile. Yee. Super early on. And how many? How far do Can they you go? Imagine, have you ever been on a chairlift for a mile? No. Me neither. No. And I, after this story, I never want it, to go on one. Read more about it in today's Washington Post, if you dare. Hmm. Number two. Death Valley is known for its desert conditions and extreme heat, but this week it's making headlines for how much rain it's received during Tropical Storm Hillary. It's a whopping 2.2 inches of rain that broke a record because usually the area gets 2.24 inches of rain for the whole year. And on Sunday, the high temp was 78. The daily average is usually 102. Holy smokes. Number three. For many Americans, according to today's Wall Street Journal, home ownership may be attainable only if they give up a dining room. Home prices are near record highs 
tons of people are completely frustrated by this feeling like they're boxed out of the housing market. So uh, home builders are shrinking the size of homes. The average unit size for new housing has decreased 10 percent. Uh, since 2018. In the Seattle area, the size of newly built homes is 18% smaller mm. than it was five years ago. Uh, most builders and architects are ax- are axing the following. Are you ready? Mm. Dining areas, bathtubs, separate living rooms. So they're all out. Secondary bedrooms and loft spaces are shrinking and sometimes disappearing. And at the same time, they are increasing the size of multi-use rooms like kitchens, great rooms, bunk rooms, that sort of thing. In some cases, a kitchen island has become the only eating area in the home. So we've been told about the rise of tiny houses. Yep. Maybe this is just, you know. The two coming together. But don't get too excited because uh, the homes that we're talking about, the smaller ones, yeah. are still ranging nationally in price between 400000 and 800000 Okay. Not I. And number four, Bucko Joshua Palacios had his parents sitting together in the stands last night at PNC Park because he and his brother were playing in the same major league game for the first time. Richard Palacios wearing powder blue St. Louis cards um, in honor of his one son, Richie, while his wife, Leanne, who's the mom, wore gold to connect uh, with her son, who's a bucko, um, who triumphantly announced as he had uh, gotten into the dugout I am the older brother. That's what he said after he crushed a three-run home run that sailed over the right field seats. Was the home run off the brother? Uh, no, it was not. Okay. Pirates went 11-1. Excellent. It was a laugher last night. It was a laugher. A rare laugher. That's your top four. Very at nice. four. All right, good. He had four dozen friends and family members there. Excellent. How about that? He said, he said, I got my cousins and everybody in the stand, so I knew they would enjoy it. He said, before the game, they said, oh, he better not show you up, kid. You're the older brother. He said, so I had to put a show on for them. Can you imagine the pride and excitement those parents must have felt? The two of your boys are in the major leagues? And there they are in the field. I mean, it's I mean, incredible. It is incredible. I mean, you could see, like, you know, Little League, you know, brothers play together in Little League. Right. But making it all the way to the very top. I mean, that's, that's I incredible. I love it so much. What a great story. Uh, Josh Palacios also added a two-run double in the eighth for a career-high five RBS. Hey, good. Okay. He did put on quite a show then, didn't he? Did you watch it? Uh, I watched I a lot of I didn't watch any of uh, it. I watched early on when it was down one nothing, and all of a sudden became 7-1, to one, and I was like, good. I want to yeah. watch it tonight. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about Elizabeth Elliot, a very complicated legacy. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care. 
and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. Current events are unfolding like it's right out of the book of Revelations. From the threat of AI to genocide, wars, man-made bioplagues, everything prophesied in the Bible looks like it's happening now. After speaking to Christian leaders from all over the world, I believe the next step is a man-made crisis completely designed to take over our economic freedom. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, a Christian author and media analyst who breaks down current events to people just like you, who are concerned about their future and the future of their families. I always tell my listeners and my people perish for lack of knowledge is what the Bible says. You need knowledge about gold IRAs from Birch Gold Group. That's the best, best option. To see why, text the word FAITH to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. I recommend you get their info kit. That's FAITH to 989898. And then you'll be armed with the information you need in order to have peace of mind and guide your affairs with great wisdom. God bless you. The book of James gives us a long list of guidelines for godly living that can be overwhelming. We're told to love all people equally, not boast, don't speak evil. That's just the beginning of the list. How can we do this when our wills compel us to go our own way? The book Radically Whole provides practical help for managing a divided heart. Ask for your copy at truthforlife.org donate. Jim and Elizabeth Elliot are two of the saints of evangelicalism mm-hmm. here in the United States. The story, of course, is very well known. Jim Elliot martyred and his wife, uh, the suffering widow who wrote movingly, longingly about international evangelism. There's a new book out about Elizabeth Elliot by Lucy S.R. Austin called Elizabeth Elliot, A Life. And here to talk to us about the book and critique it in some ways is Thomas Kidd. Thomas Kidd's been a regular guest of ours over the many years. He is a research professor of church history at Midwestern Baptist Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, also the author of many books, including Thomas Jefferson, A Biography of Spirit and Flesh. But here today to talk to us, Thomas Kidd, is about Elizabeth Elliot. Tom, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Tom, I remember uh, being a kid and uh, reading Passion and Purity. I think probably one of my youth leaders gave it to me. I might have been... 14 or 15 years old. It's a lot for a 14 or 15 year old to <laughs> take bet. in. I got to be honest. I, th- I'm, I, I find myself kind of emotionally scarred by it. Um, and so to me, uh, Elizabeth Elliot is, was always a complicated figure. So the story of Elizabeth and Jim Elliot um, is absolutely stirring and inspirational, um, being called to a minister to the Alca people of um, Ecuador. Can you tell that story to our listeners, Tom? Sure. I mean, they uh, met at Wheaton in Chicago, and, and uh, you know, it was pretty clear they were going to be uh, missionaries even, you know, from the, uh, a young age. And 
ended up going to Ecuador and trying to reach uh, a, you know, a literally unreached uh, people group in terms of the, the, the Waranis had virtually no contact with the outside world, uh, tried to you know, give gifts and so forth and indicate uh, friendliness, but uh, Jim Elliott and, and several of their uh, co-workers were tragically speared to death uh, in, you know, because of this misunderstanding about what their intentions were. Uh, and that, that, of course, left Elizabeth uh, a widow, um, and a widow with, with a, a young child, and, and um, she began to uh, write about her missionary experiences, and uh, th- those became you know, these classic books in the 1950s of, of missionary courage and, and uh, sacrifice, including Through Gates of Splendor, and, uh, you know, that, that for me, as, a, as an evangelical college student, I mean, that was sort of my first experience with, with them and a lot of evangelicals. First experience is knowing about the, this incredible uh, courage and, and, and sacrifice. But what you also see, uh, and you see in Lucy Austin's book, is that there's kind of this whole other side to Elizabeth Elliot's career, which is writing about marriage and sexuality and, and, and gender and I think that that uh, is probably some of the stuff that, that has made her a more controversial figure. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to not overstate um, the almost rock star status that Elizabeth Elliot had uh, from the 1950s forward. Of course, because of the tragedy surrounding her husband, uh, she became a prolific author, as you said, Tom, and also she was on the speaker circuit. Uh, but in the new book, Elizabeth Elliot, A Life, um, Lucy Austin goes deeply into the courting and then the eventual marriage of uh, Jim and Elizabeth. Can you talk about that? I mean, it's it's a very sort of post-World War II story uh, uh, combined with evangelicalism and what God is trying to say, or not what God is not trying, what God is saying, or Jim Elliott thinks, to him about the courting and marriage process. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is one of the, the themes of the book that really struck me is is this whole uh, problem that's a classic Christian problem, but it's a particular evangelical problem about discerning, discerning God's will for your life. And, and um, boy, their, <laughs> their romantic relationship was something else. I mean, they, they, and I think it would strike many people as familiar if you went to a Christian college that there's sort of this you know, romantic intensity um, but it goes on for years and years without, without Jim sort of getting the green light from the Lord about, uh, you know, going ahead and proposing to Elizabeth. Uh, and it really, you know, I, I think that the book suggests that it, what probably was a, a kind of nervousness or lack of resolve on Jim's part gets masked with, you know, kind of pious talk about mm-hmm. discerning the, the Lord's will and, and I think that that's one of the main themes that I see coming out in Elizabeth Elliot's life is that, you, you know, this this kind of, um, I guess you would say, naive view of discerning the Lord's will really gets uh, challenged and I think matured through the repeated instances of suffering, even though you're clearly doing what, uh, you know, the Lord's will is, and especially in, in the instance of missions, it doesn't lead to safety and happiness and, and an easy life. 
I go back again, Tom, to the first time I read Passion and Purity, and I read it several times. Um, but I, my first inclination, being you know such a young person, was that these two people portrayed in this book were the godly example of how it should be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, it was definitely a position of um, or it was definitely a presentation of the man as the as the decision maker of the relationship. And Elizabeth was definitely just I don't want to say she was along for the ride because it's not like she didn't have a lot of self um, because she definitely did. But she was willing to subordinate that to him. And so I just thought, well, this is just God is trying to be mysterious. God doesn't want people to be happy, I think, is where I ended up as your 14 year old as my 14 year old self. Now, when I read it again in college, you know, several years later, um, my perspective on it changed a little bit. And I have to say, I just I didn't like him. Jim Elliott. And I felt horrible about that because his story of sacrifice in Ecuador is so legendary. And so I was conflicted about how it is that I could admire somebody so very much for uh, laying down everything for the gospel. And then in the other case, really just not like how he was treating this woman that he ostensibly loved and was going to marry. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that's a real challenge for Christian biographers and biographies of Christians Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we we usually gravitate towards people who have some sort of heroic aspect to their biography. And then for Christians, I think that the, the temptation then is to act as if they're just a perfect person. Um, but that's not, I mean, that's not usually supported by actual evidence. And, and then it's also, I think, more critically, it's not the biblical mode uh, where, you know, there are no perfect people, obviously, in the Bible, except for a certain carpenter's son from Nazareth. Hmm. And, and and so what you see in Scripture is people like Peter or David or Paul who who make uh, terrible mistakes and, and, and commit horrible sins and yet are used by God for, for great purposes. And so in some ways, you know, people will debate about about how much you know, many mistakes that Jim Elliott made in their courtship. But, I mean, I find that in, in a strange way sort of encouraging that here you have this kind of bumbling guy you know, who's making these, these mistakes in his romantic relationship with Elizabeth Elliott. And yet, I mean, he, he, he's used... Uh, incredibly powerfully by God yeah. in Ecuador, but but also in just his example of courage that I think has undergirded much of the the, the work of the American and world missionary community for the for the next fifty years. Mm-hmm. So so I mean praise God for the way that he used Jim Elliot in spite of his uh, manifest flaws. Yes. That's really well said. That's really interesting. At the same time, you know, you write about this piece. That's in CT. Elizabeth Elliot was a flawed figure God used in extraordinary ways. Uh, talk to us uh, about Rachel Saint, because Rachel Saint, as you as you write, um, she says in the book that we were the uh, two of the most prayed for missionaries in history, and yet the two of them, Rachel Saint and Elizabeth Elliot, could not get along. So, who was Elizabeth Elliot and Rachel Saint? Who were they in this story? Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of what's so extraordinary is that after the the martyrdom of, of Jim Elliot and, and Nate Saint, that, that Rachel and Elizabeth go 
back to the mission field and keep trying to work among the Warani. I mean, you, this, again, is part of the incredible courage of Elizabeth Elliot is that, you know, you would think that she would be totally justified after this traumatic experience by just going back to the United States. But no, they, they decided to keep going on the mission field. Um, again, incredible sacrifice uh, to do this. But then when they're working together, they find that Rachel Saint and Elizabeth Elliott just simply cannot get along. They don't like each other. Um, and, and again, I wonder how many missionaries, you know, end up on the field and they're and they're shocked by the fact that, that you know, there's one or more people they work with that they just can't get along. I mean, it's, it seems so grimy. <laughs> it does. It really uh, does seem grimy. And then you think, yeah. now, wait, if God, you know, uh, called the two husbands home, then the least he could do was provide a way for the two remaining women to, to like each along. other. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of wait, wait for, you know, the heroes, you know, these perfect yeah. people to walk in the right. room, but, but they're, but they're just normal people. But I, I you know, again, I find this sort of strangely encouraging that they are regular people. I mean, and they're, they're like me and you, and they have problems and, you know, and, and difficulties and struggle with sin, and yet God uses them powerfully. Something about that resonates more than the kind of conventional hagiographical mode of the biography of this perfect saint who never does anything wrong, and, and that's implicitly why God uses them. Yeah. I, I just don't think that's the reality for people God uses. I think he uses them in spite of their sin and struggles. Yep. The hot mess of all of us. Hey, Tom, we need yeah. to take away uh, just a quick break. Can you stay with us for five or ten more minutes? Sure. Oh, great. Thanks an awful lot. Thomas Kidd is with us. We're talking about a piece that he wrote in Christianity Today about Elizabeth Elliot. A new biography, Elizabeth Elliot, is out called Elizabeth Elliot, A Life. We'll continue this conversation with Thomas Kidd in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Ron had a tax problem he just couldn't handle on his own. I owed the IRS taxes for over five years, but I didn't have any money to pay the taxes. Those years cost him dearly. Most of it was fees and interest. It was horrible. Ron finally called in the pros. I called Optima Tax Relief, and boy, am I happy I did. (laughs) The leading tax resolution firm, Optima, is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. They've resolved over a billion dollars for their clients. Ron was overjoyed. They settled my account with... With the IRS, I was ecstatic. They are a lifesaver. They are. I am so happy. <laughs> Take Ron's advice and call Optima now for a free consultation. Yeah, don't do like I did and wait. Call Optima Tax Relief. Do it now. You'll be ecstatic like me. <laughs> call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online with no complicated forms and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but 
if something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos, they've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy, non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy. Rates may vary. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Tonight we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a low of 58. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. The high 80. Cloudy most of the time tomorrow night with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Those storms could bring flooding downpours, hail and damaging wind gusts. The low 68. Mostly cloudy Thursday and humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Flooding downpours, hail and damaging winds possible. High 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We're talking with Thomas Kidd about Elizabeth Elliot. There's a new biography about Elizabeth Elliot called Elizabeth Elliot, A Life. I don't think we can talk about Elizabeth Elliot, uh, Tom, especially you being a historian, without talking about the purity culture that was such a big part of evangelicalism uh, in the uh, 70s, 80s, early 90s. And uh, as I see it, you know, as being a person who kind of grew up in that era, I see Elizabeth Elliot and her writing as one of the main drivers of that. Um, Do you agree? I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and of course, this is one of the reasons why she is disliked in certain, uh, you know, more progressive evangelical circles, uh, that she is is a staunch advocate, as you know, of, you know, what she saw as personal holiness and, and uh, you know, sexuality and courting and all this, this kind of thing, and, and is also a staunch advocate of what we now Called complementarianism, which is you know the idea of men and women having very different uh, but complementary roles in marriage and uh, the church. And I think you know 70s and the 80s, she she is definitely one of the the main articulators of that that kind of ethos that became so influential in evangelical culture in those years. Yeah. yeah. So when it's all said and done, Tom, not to have the last word, but of course, there'll be other generations that will unearth Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, is the, the complicated legacy uh, that God uses people, even though we're deeply flawed, is that the legacy in some ways? I think so. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I have to say, I really admire Elizabeth Elliot. I mean, in spite of her, her mm-hmm. flaws uh, and, and, you know, it's just hard not to admire someone who, uh, gave up so much yeah. for the cause of Christ and, and, and missions. Um, and, I mean, she's obviously, you, you know, a counterweight to the excesses of kind of feminist individualist culture of, mm-hmm. of recent recent years. Does she go too far in the other direction? Maybe. Uh, but, but, I mean, she's got convictions that are born out of the furnace, you know, of suffering and, and affliction. So, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to disagree with her. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with you, Tom and John, both of you. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, is that uh, when you when, when people like me grew up in that era and were women, 
Um, mm-hmm. I do think that she had an outsized influence on girls that she did not have yes. on boys. Sure. And I feel um, like it was uh, that perhaps her what she was teaching and what she was living were two different things. I mean, uh, her complementarianism that she so very much spoke about, um, she ended up in an Episcopal church where, uh, you know, that was one of the first denominations to ordain women. Um, she, but she continued her speaking. She was deeply involved. I think you mentioned this in the article with the Bill Gothard. Um, uh, what was her? What was the homeschool movement that he was involved in? Um, so basic, yeah, the, basic life principles. Yeah, basic, basic life, life principles. principles. And she was involved in that after um, the allegations about Bill Gothard's sexual abuse had already surfaced. Um, and so I guess I I look at her in a through, with a through a complicated lens because I too, as you said, very much admire her for what she gave up personally. While at the same time, think that the pressure she put on young girls like me growing up because of her, um, because of a lot of what she was espousing, I think was a heavy burden to bear. And she made it more a woman's job to bear than it was a man's job to bear. So in some mm-hmm. ways you bear the weight of Jim Elliot in so. your life yeah. as well. A little bit. I mean, that's interesting. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and you're absolutely right about those inconsistencies. I mean, I think her sort of the second half of her career is very much about those kind of, you know, sexuality and holiness and those and complementarianism. And you're right. I mean, there's these sort of glaring <laughs> inconsistencies about, you know, so she's a member of the Episcopal Church, which is, you know, one of the most, if not the most, kind of egalitarian denominations about women's ordination. Uh, She, one thing we can also mention is that she's constantly speaking from pulpits, you know, before groups that include many, many adult men, which, you know, is, you know, a lot of complementarians are are uncomfortable with that. So there are kind of questions about, well, how does all that work? And I think that, you know, in retrospect, her involvement with Bill Gothard's work is it, it's just, you know, a real problem. I mean, it, that that it, they're sort of on my team. So I'll keep working right. with them, you know, in spite of these kind of obvious problems with Bill Gothard that were, you know, eventually confirmed by his own ministry. Yes. But still, unmistakable, her yeah. contribution and her sacrifice. And a complicated legacy. Very good. Yeah. Tom, yeah. always a great pleasure. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Our great pleasure. Thomas Kidd's been with us, research professor of church history at Midwestern Baptist Seminary in Kansas City. He's the author of many excellent history books, among this, Thomas Jefferson, A Biography of Spirit and Flesh. Thomas Kidd, easily found online. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. So this is a radio ad, and I wanted to tell a story that proves that sometimes bad moments can often lead to good moments or opportunities. But my story was about 30 minutes, so instead, here's the headline. 
Loving family's beach vacation is ruined by a flaming lasagna and nephew vomiting on gate agent, only to be saved by the most meaningful staycation ever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and bad creating some good is exactly what we're seeing right now. Interest rates are not great, but they have finally brought home prices down, at least for a bit, creating an opportunity which is why we're seeing thousands of listeners across the country looking to buy the new home now because the price is forever with the plan to refinance the rate tomorrow when rates settle. If that's you, please know that we have a direct lender advantage that can often save you lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Just because time marches on doesn't mean your skin has to. Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont helps you turn back the clock with Smooth Glow, the revolutionary age-defying non-surgical solution to sagging skin, sunspots, and fine lines. You'll see immediate, long-lasting improvements in as little as one 45-minute treatment. Get the celebrity sought-after look without injectables. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com. Because of um, uh, necessary job functions, uh, we find ourselves on uh, X, which is the prerequisite X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, To me, uh, X has become sort of the cesspool of all cesspools on social media. <laughs> and that and, says a and lot. It's, and the cesspool appears worse because it's called X. Right. I don't, it's just I'm not a... quite sure what the point was there with Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. However, if you spend any time at all on Twitter, you'll see quickly uh, people opining about um, uh, some very deep and often ugly things. But such is what it is to be here in the uh, 21st century on uh, mainstream social media. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a Twitter spat. Uh, that involved Washington insiders who essentially were calling each other out. And it got super weird. Um, Pretty th- fast. Yeah, with a, a big, deep overlay of religious uh, religiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk here in just a, a minute. Um, with Bonnie Christian. Yeah, Bonnie Christian, who, who wrote deeply about this uh, on, on um, CT today, uh, Christianity Today. And... Um, it's just a very strange story, and I think Bonnie would go deeper into this, um, that involves a member of the Gang of Eight, mm-hmm. which is also strange because she's not a Christian, but there was a little bit of back and forth about he said this, she said this, and so we quickly became embroiled in something which is only happening in 21st century American Christianity. Yeah. It, it, you know, when those things happen on social media, you're a weird bystander. Yeah. Millions of people are weird bystanders as you see people go at each other. Uh, Bonnie Christian's back with us, columnist at Christianity Today and deputy editor at The Week. She's the author of A Flexible Faith, Rethinking What It Means to Follow Jesus Today. Bonnie, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Bonnie. Thanks a lot. Uh, this Twitter spat, which I, I saw like you saw, I think, uh, unveil uh, uh, in real time. Can you sort of define this for us? Tell us what this... Who said what? Yeah, this whole sort of moving sort of weird train. Yeah, absolutely. So it started out with a post from um, a woman in Ohio. She's a Republican activist, no one particularly famous. Um, And she made just a brief little post that said, there's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ alone. So just like pretty straightforward, basic Christian stuff. It didn't appear to be prompted by anything. 
And I think a very likely scenario would have been that no one ever noticed it beyond her like 5,000 or so followers at the time. But then a member of Congress, um, also from Ohio, decided to share it, um, to, to pass it along to a following of about 50,000 people and say, this is one of the most bigoted tweets I have ever seen. Um, and the congressman urged her to delete it and said that it was a violation of religious freedom for her to tweet this because religious freedom applies to everyone. And so this to, to post this in public uh, was to, to violate other people's religious freedom. And then a second member of Congress came in and uh, held up the first Congress member's uh, post and said, like, no, this is not a violation of religious freedom, stating the the, the core beliefs or principles of your faith isn't bigoted, was the tweet. Um, and, and this this member of Congress said no one should be scolded for that. It's it's not you shouldn't and you shouldn't harass people for freely expressing their beliefs. And what was so interesting about this uh, was not just that it happened, though that was kind of fascinating in its own right, but that the member of Congress who said that it was bigoted to, to make this tweet was a Republican, um, an Ohio Republican named Max Miller. And the member of Congress who came in and defended the uh, the original poster was Rep. Ilan Omar, um, the Minnesota Democrat who is well known for being a member of the House's progressive squad. So that's not what you'd expect, <laughs> sure right? Would. You'd expect, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, a Democrat would slam the original poster and say, how dare you uh, speak in public because you're a bigot and that the, you know, some conservative Republican would come to her rescue and the original poster's rescue and say, no, 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 it's OK to do that. But it was flipped, um, which I love. I love that it was unexpected um, because it always challenges what my presuppositions are. Right. Um, how do you see this context and, and why did it jump out to you? Yeah, I mean, some of it for me was just that that flip, right? That that way it upended sort of stereotypes that we have about how Republicans and Democrats speak about religious liberty. Um, but I think it was also just a really interesting window into the increasingly strange place that religion has in American public life as religious practice. And, and I'm speaking mainly of, of sort of like Christian religious practice, both in the sense of like sincere faith um, and observance, but also just general cultural knowledge. Um, but I think religiosity more broadly, not, not just Christianity, all of this is declining, right? Like fewer people are going to church, fewer people are parts of active religious communities of any faith. Uh, and so I think there's a, a rising sort of cultural ignorance of just very basic functions of Christianity, of how of, of how religion works, of of the exclusivity and particularity that that religious faith, including Christianity, tends to demand. Yeah. Um, and so it was a, what to Christians, observing Christians was like just a very mundane statement of like, this is what we believe. This is what we think. Hope is in Jesus. Right. Um, if you're not used to that, if you're not used to interacting with religion, then it seems quite strange and quite demanding. And in this case, the word he landed on was bigoted. Right. I mean, Bonnie, you're like uh, Kath and I that, you know, uh, we follow along with the news and we read and we think. And, you know, what you said that, you know, the, the strange place that religion takes place in American public life today. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, and, and so what I think about this stuff, like when I'm praying, you know, in my quiet time, when I'm praying or I'm in worship on a Sunday or wherever, I mean, all that other stuff is way, way, way far away from me. But then, you know, when you leave that beautiful space, 
then I feel this thing closing in on us. And it's hard to define terms of what it is, especially to be a Christian today in this really world, weird world. And if you're following closely along with the culture or the so-called culture wars as well, it makes a really strange mix. It does. And I think, you know, as a as a journalist and as someone who writes, I'm at Christianity Today now, but I, I do in the past and um, presumably will in the future write for, uh, you know, more mainstream audiences where not everyone is a Christian. Um, I have to think a lot about, you know, what what does my audience know about what it means to be a Christian? Mm-hmm. Because I can't assume that they know stuff that I would consider very basic and routine. Um, even if they've, you know, grown up in the United States their whole lives, surrounded by churches, that that just sort of general cultural awareness is not there. And so, I find it very important to keep that in mind to make sure that I'm communicating that clearly, like in a way that's intelligible to people, and also to to try to avoid taking needless offense when something like this does happen. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times, you know, people they're not trying to be rude. They're not trying to, you know, be unfair to Christianity. They just don't know. It's just new information to them what what Christianity actually entails and, and requires of, of Christians. Mm-hmm. I also think um, that it's just a good reminder to us that the less we can, the less we can put people in certain categories, the better off we are. Um, and so I think a lot of times if, if you know, a person is a, you know, uh, conservative activist, we can kind of predict what we're what they're going to say, but not all the time. And mm-hmm. um, if we're looking at an Ilhan Omar, we can, you know, imagine what she would say, but, but not, not all, all the time. That's so good. Yeah. And um, and so it just I think we, especially in social media, can often caricature any opponent at all, whether it's an ideological opponent, a political opponent, a theological opponent, a denominational opponent. Um, And we tend to just put people into really unfair, uh, tight spaces that they can never get out of in our own heads. And so our prejudices against them just are going to be there forever. Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that made this this situation so interesting. Um, and, you know, on, on reflecting on it, I thought maybe maybe it shouldn't have been surprising, right? Because Omar is, uh, she's Muslim and she wears a hijab, including in Congress. So there's this always very visible public sign of her beliefs. Um, and so after thinking about it for a while, I thought, you know, maybe I was even wrong to yeah. be a little bit surprised mm-hmm. that she came to, to the defense here because probably she understands, you know, that that religion is in a weird place in American society. And she's probably reminded of that quite often. Yes. Well, uh, it goes back to the adage, politics makes strange bedfellows, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. Bonnie, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your contributions. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been talking with Bonnie Christen. She's got a piece in Christianity Today, What a Twitter Spat Reveals About Public Religion in America. Bonnie's the author of multiple books, including A Flexible Faith, Rethinking What It Means to Follow Jesus Today. Bonnie Christian, you can find her easily on social media, as we talked about today. Take a quick break, come back. Um, A 1933 photo, maybe of a dog, or maybe it was a Loch Ness Monster. We'll find out next. It was the monster. Doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call Doing It Right. 
Attention, your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. At Eden Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day, built upon the foundation of God's Word from pre-K through graduation. I think we can all agree that Eden Christian Academy has done a fantastic job of laying the groundwork for our faith. But now it is time for us to make the decision to plant our roots in the Lord. I will forever thank God for the teachers, coaches, friends, and mentors from Eden who have poured into my life and the community that surrounded me and helped me find my faith. Eden Christian Academy, building his kingdom one life at a time. Fall enrollment is open now at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, call, doing it right. 724 New Roof. On a sunny Scottish Sunday, November 12th, 1933, Hugh Gray took his usual walk after church along Loch Ness, near Innervis, where the Ness River flows into the northern end. Now, as uh, Hugh Gray later told the Scottish Daily Record, he noticed an object of considerable dimensions emerging two or three feet out of the water not far from him. So he pulled out his gray, bulky box camera, This is 1933. Wow. And snapped several photographs of what appeared to be an animal-like tail amid churning water before the animal sank out of sight. Now, Gray sent an account about his experiences to the newspaper and provided it the only photo that he took that day that did develop. He believed that he had captured on film for the first time the mysterious creature that had been glimpsed in and around Loch Ness for centuries, uh, who... um, so he wasn't the first person to see it. No. He was the first person to document to it. To photograph it. Okay. Gray's story added to the growing number of reports of an unidentified creature nicknamed Nessie. And this singular photograph 
helped fuel the frenzy of interest that ultimately spread not only throughout the region, but around the world. Quote, the photo kicked off the modern era of Nessie hunting. Up until then, it was just a local mystery, said Watson, um, who is the author of several books about the Loch Ness Monster, including photographs of the Loch Ness Monster, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ninety years on, this man Gray, his photo is still seen as one of the best. And as Nessie hunters today are no closer to getting a convincing image of the elusive creature, new technology, including webcams, sonars, satellite imaging, and Loch Ness visitor smartphone cameras, so far have failed to yield conclusive evidence. Now, this weekend, the mm-hmm. Loch Ness Center will deploy <laughs> airborne drones with infrared cameras and a hydrophone to pick up acoustic signals mm-hmm along the 23-mile-long lake. And they will be taking part. Some uh, 1,000 people expected to do this. 1,000 people. Uh, there are, of course, skeptics, which I am one of them. Now, this goes back to way uh, April 1933. Local hotel manager Aldi McKay and her husband said that they had spotted a large whale-like beast churning in the waters of Loch Ness. They drove along the shore. Uh, they did not take any photographs, but... Multiple sightings over the years, but still only one true photograph. Mm -hmm. Will this weekend answer the question, where is or what is, is there a Loch Ness Monster? Proof will come. I don't sure. Yes. I don't think so. It's going to be this weekend, John. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat your hat. Now, this image. Yeah. People say that could be a Labrador retriever with a stick in its mouth. Well, that's ridiculous because it's not. It could be, of course, mm-hmm. but I choose it. It's, it's like a current mythology that my my juvenile self wants to hold on to with both fists. Mm, yeah, like course. I'm just not giving it up. You're I like... mean, Bigfoot was always kind of ridiculous to me. Uh-huh. The chupacabra. I mean, it's South America. It's far away from me. I don't know much about it. Um, and you know, but. Something about Nessie. Really? I mean, Scotland is foggy. Yeah, and Brigadoon. Exactly. And mysterious things happen there. I, I think there's something in there. The locks are so deep. Mm-hmm. They're so deep. And wide. So I would imagine, to me, to me, your obsession with this yeah. sort of is on par with Cyril Wecht and the JFK <laughs> assassination and the magic no, bullet. See, okay, well, sort of a, I the, should find a way to thing. monetize it the way Dr. Weck did because I, I wish I could. I um, I take your criticism and it doesn't even phase me. I'm not. It's it's not a deep criticism. I'm just saying your fascination and dare I say obsession. Maybe. With this. Yeah. It's an obsession. Yeah, I think it might be. And your uh, okay. So if it's not criticism, um, your uh, commentary also does not phase me. <laughs> Because it, there's just too much unknown in that area of the globe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after this weekend, say yeah. they, they come back and they go, we got nothing. What's, okay. I mean, after all this technology, yeah. drones, infrared technology, hydrophones of acoustic levels, mm-hmm. will you just concede and go, uh, okay. Probably not. What? Here's why. Because that was photographed in 1933. With a Kodak box camera. Right. So, Nessie may have died. Mm-hmm. Nessie may have lived a very nice, cold reptilian life in Loch Ness, 
And we captured her just that one time, and that, that was, was the that. only picture of her. All right, so you're comfortable and maybe with she was no the, new information. Maybe she was the last of her kind. But if she lives on, it's going to be a big weekend. All right. Uh, believe me, in my heart of hearts, I hope they uncover something. It is hard for me to believe that Word FM management hasn't sent me to cover the story. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? I mean, well, it, seriously, I can't. For all of the, you know, I'm I'm on the air here, you right. know, ten hours a week. You'd think that they'd say, "Let's get her up." Let's there. get her out there. Kathy Emmons reporting from Loch Ness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I could do the show live with you guys. Yeah. It'd be kind of like Patty Burns, it, right? Which was my dream as a child. There I could be fulfilling right. everything I want set out. Well, to I be. would say Monday. This time next they're, week on a they're, Monday. They're going to have to comb through a lot of digital information, John. You might want to give them a little more time. Thank you, Cyril. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Eric. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton has reaction from. GOP presidential hopefuls about Donald Trump's decision to skip this week's debate. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie accuses the former president of lacking the guts to show up and calling him a coward if he doesn't. A spokesman for the Ron DeSantis campaign says, No one is entitled to this nomination. You have to show up and earn it. Former Vice President Mike Pence has said he looks forward to debating his former boss face-to-face. Trump has a large lead in the polls and has questioned the need to square off against rivals with low poll numbers. Greg Clugston, Washington. A school bus full of children overturned after a crash with a minivan in Ohio killing one child and injuring 23 others that happened this morning on Route 41 in Lawrenceville. The Dow is down 168 points, but the Nasdaq is up a dozen. This is SRN News. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. 
Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. And they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces. And most are machine washable. Find Skechers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold the extracurricular activities the traffic the nightly homework the traffic the finding time to eat dinner together as a family the traffic back to school can be stressful thanks to ziploc meal prep doesn't have to be new ziploc bags with stay open design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen if only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with stay open design from SC Johnson, a family company. Tonight we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a low of 58. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, the high 80. Cloudy most of the time tomorrow night with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Those storms could bring flooding downpours, hail and damaging wind gusts, the low 68. Mostly cloudy Thursday and humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Flooding downpours, hail and damaging winds possible, high 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And welcome into the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Looking forward to uh, a terrific next 60 with you guys. We're going to be talking about uh, the relationship between anxiety disorders and the excessive use of cellular phones. Don't look at me. Uh, also, it's Eat a Peach Day. Yeah, very nice. I wish we could do that in studio, but we don't have any. And uh, coming up at 525, does this make sense? How about peach cobbler? So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. How about peach crisp? Oh, this. what's the difference between the two? Cobbler has dough in it. And crisp is crumbly. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take any, any, of, any of those options. Mm-hmm. How about peaches, fresh peaches in a fruit salad with blueberries and red grapes? Very nice. Excellent. That's a beautiful combo. It looks good. It tastes good. Now, you did something I've never had before. Peaches on a grill. (sighs) Listen to me. My nephew did that when we were on vacation. He grilled peaches and made homemade caramel sauce. Mm -hmm. And so we got vanilla ice cream, grilled peaches on top, (sighs) and did the the drizzle action. Bring it. Well, vacation is good, isn't Super it? Super delicious, yeah. Vacation's over. I know, and I hate so that. Fast. I really hate that. I like to take vacation in August uh, yeah, because of that. Right, but I'd like to take vacation now in September. Me too. <laughs> right. How about the second week of September? Okay. After Labor Day, yeah. prices are down. Great. Go back to the ocean. Okay. Which is what I'd like I'm to do. I'm fine with okay, that. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, uh, I watched, an, uh, not I watched, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal last week um, that Talked about something I had not heard of before, the lazy girl job. What is that? So, well, let me just say that I I, I read through the article and then, you know, didn't think about it much. And then it showed up on several other news sites within the last week. And I thought, okay, so this is gaining a little bit of momentum. Uh, Lazy girl jobs. It's a viral term, John, that refers to well-paying 
flexible jobs that allow for leisure time. What is that? Who's who yeah, got so, that job? So the photograph that aco- that uh, accommodates goes along with accompanies is the right word. These stories is a woman standing in a pool, okay, in an in ground pool, with a uh, fruity beverage and a straw, really, while she has her laptop on the second. edge of the pool. We know someone. Yes, like we do. This. Yes, we, <laughs> we do. do. We love someone. that life. Yes, who lived that life, but she may not be living it anymore. Anyway, um, these uh, women are occupying these types of roles, but not just that. They are touting on social media that they have time to relax on the job and still get their work done. Okay, fine. I got no problem with that. Okay. You get the work done, you get the work done. Okay. So um, you can imagine, though, what the backlash is Uh, like on this. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, not everybody, not every job is going to allow you to stand in your bathing suit in a pool all day drinking a fruity beverage while you tap out little things on your laptop. Right. Okay, but here's the deal. What is your skill set? How did you acquire that skill set? How do you monetize that skill set? Right? Not everybody can do what these people are doing. Yeah? Well, yeah, that's true. Not everybody can. In fact, 99% of people can't do that. And probably the people who are doing it probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year it was quiet quitting, right? right? That was the term that kind of gained some traction, which is that I am going to just stop working. The bare minimum. Exactly. I'll do whatever I have Mm -hmm. to do to survive, and I'm not going to do... Don't expect much else. Right. One other thing. Um, Recently, the popularization of concepts like bed rotting. Do you know bed rotting? (laughs) Lexi, do you know bed rotting? Sounds horrible. I don't think I want to know. Bed rotting. That that describes lounging in bed for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. Um, or girl dinners. Uh, this is another thing that, that was popularized on, Alexis, on TikTok. Alexis, yes, the girl dinners. Yeah. Those are snack plates in lieu of fully prepped meals. Yeah. Snack plates. Yeah. It it, it encourages uh, women, particularly who are online a lot, to take a reprieve from the burnout that results from the societal expectation to always be productive. I know. I know. Um, At the core of it all, many workers are saying they are fed up with the notion that wanting to enjoy life makes them bad employees. Okay, what do you think about that? How do you respond? (laughs) I mean, whatever. I mean, if you can make it work, more power to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I I believe that there's nothing, though, like good hard work that uh, engages the person and creates an income for you and your family. Yeah. That's all. But uh, again, if you get that skill set and you can do, you know, quiet quitting or lazy girl stuff, okay, fine. No, if someone's going to pay you, let's go ahead and no, go do it. No, but I hate that. What? I, I lazy feel like, girl stuff? I feel like it's corrosive to all of us. Of course it for is. For people who go into work and don't really do anything, mm. then you're, you're hurting us, not just you. Don't you think uh, it's harder not to work than it is to yes. work? Yes. Right? And it's a lot less fun and time goes a lot slower yeah. if you're just, you know, twiddling your thumbs and trying to wait until yeah. five o'clock. Of course. So you want to show up and be engaged. Show up. And be a contributor. Be a contributor. Yeah. You're going to enjoy your work a lot more. You're going to enjoy your life a lot more. And people are going to enjoy you a lot more. However. Nobody likes the person that they're dragging along who's not contributing. If you were that person, though, who could do the lazy girl thing and you were doing X for a corporation this uh, and you were able to be a poolside for a few hours a day, wouldn't you jump okay. at it? Well, here's the thing. If I could, what I would rather do is work, if I could have my ideal yeah. job, which no one's offering me, believe me, is I would work really hard. I could do, I could work 12 hours a day for three months. You know what I mean? Mm. And happily, I'd do fine with that, like at, at a task. Yeah. And then 
have a month off. I would have no problem. I, Wait, that's the work, kind you work hard for three months and you get one month. Yeah, off. Yeah, so kind of like if you were working, three and three? if you were working in movies or something like that, I or you know what I mean. You well, you work really hard. Well, like you make those, it your whole life for a short period of time, but then you can kind of recover. Yeah. for a long time. Well, like people who work in the offshore oil rigs, right? Is that how they do it? Oh yeah, they they go out and spend three months working like twenty four seven on these rigs, and then they come home and they're like free for the next three months. Yeah. That's a pretty standard thing. Could you do that? Not now. Barely get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. No, you know you have more no. energy than 10 people. I know. But, you know, you know uh, yeah, I think that would be very appealing. Yeah. To bust your butt uh, hard and then you can hang out for Because I like yeah. to, I really like to work hard. I yeah, like the feeling of going to bed oh. at night and thinking I really I invested that. myself today. Yeah. But. It does get very tiring mm-hmm. after a while. Well, I think people are being sold this false bill, of, you know, false bill of goods of like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of like socialism in some way. It's reared its ugly head that you just do a little bit as possible, and, and everybody owes me, right? Or you know, it's for the common, you know, the pot is large, so no matter how much you work, you still get a piece of the share. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's true. I think, you know, your income and your viability determines about, you know, how much you show up, how much you contribute. It's not always fair. It's not always equitable. But I believe those who work hard and those who are invested in it deserve the greater share. I think you're right about that. I think that's the way it should be. I think that's just good for people. Yeah. However, I think before we leave the conversation, let me say that a lot of these trends, you know, have risen to prominence because there have just been a lot of really bad managers. Got that right. There have been a ton of bad managers. There are a lot. I mean, you know the stories from your dad. Right. I know the stories from my dad of people that just continually took advantage of people who worked for them. I remember the day my father-in-law was in the hospital. Uh, just diagnosed with prostate cancer, and his boss came in and fired him in his hospital room. Good gravy. Now, who does that? Yeah. But that's not a unique story. That happened to a lot of places. So a lot of those people had parents who had similar stories, are grown up, and think, I'm I'm not not doing that. that. I am not doing that. I get that as well. So do I. Right. There is there think, is a lot of inequity side, in this world. Both sides need to be said. I agree. Okay, we'll take a, a quick break. When we come back, Liddy Barlow is going to be with us. Uh, she's got a story to tell about her work here in the city of Pittsburgh, Executive Minister of Christian Associates of Southwestern Pennsylvania. That's straight ahead. Liddy Barlow. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are. And you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Let's face it. Talking about life insurance is never easy, but after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. 
they're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions, and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older and... Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to getethos.com now for your free estimate. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and that values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. Happy to have Libby Barlow back on the program. We've known Liddy for, I don't know, a long time, many, many years. We've kind of intersected in uh, different parts of the uh, Christian subculture here it's in one Pittsburgh. Degree of separation. It is one degree of separation. Yeah. Um, Liddy is the executive minister of Christian Associates of Southwestern PA. And uh, she hasn't been on the show, I think, since before COVID. And so we're looking forward to talking to her. Hopefully the tech is working. And um, Liddy, welcome in. Hey, Kathy and John, how are you? We're good, Liddy. We're happy that you're with us. It's been a long time, and and so welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be with you and with everybody who's stuck in their cars this afternoon. (laughs) Okay, so you were going to be with us in person, but traffic's bad out there, yeah? It is terrible. So, yeah, my um, condolences and prayers to everyone else who, like me, is, like, sitting on a bridge. Excellent. Hey, Liddy, (laughs) talk to us uh, about Christian Associates. Um, we love the work that Christian Associates does, but I think, you know, a regular church attender in the pews doesn't have an idea about all of Christendom here in the city of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. So Christian Associates is the region's organization that works to make visible Jesus's dream and the real reality of Christian unity. Um, We know Jesus prayed that they may all be one, right? But when you look around your neighborhood, you just see all these different churches, including a lot of churches that you might never have walked inside before in your life. Um, 
So we know Jesus gets what he prays for. We know that all churches are, in fact, one. We believe there is simply one body of Christ. So how can we make that more apparent in our neighborhoods? That's what Christian Associates does. Um, So we bring together 28 church bodies across western Pennsylvania. Um, Our members are Protestant, Catholic, and Orthodox, Black and White, Progressive and Conservative, Urban and Rural. Uh, We convene their leaders. We help develop relationships, and we see how we can work together for the good of the church and for the good of our neighborhood. So unity in denominations, um, that's something that is so... It's so difficult to achieve because people get very ramped up about certain issues. So it could be baptism. It could be the role of women in the church. It could be, uh, you know, theories on creation um, and, you know, age of the earth, uh, literal reading of Genesis. I mean, people split on things that that become very important to them. How do we overcome that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and if you look across Christian history, uh, the church has divided over so many different issues. Um, Some of them still seem really important to us today, like um, how do we understand power and authority, who's in charge? Um, How do we understand the sacraments? How do we understand the the nuances of um, theology around uh, atonement and salvation? All those things still seem important to us. Um, But the church has also divided over time over some issues that really today don't matter to us very much at all. And, you know, I mean, a thousand years ago in um, in what's now England and Scotland, the church was bitterly divided over how monks should cut their hair. Um, So I yeah, for real. Um, So I think for us today um, in our divided church, we need to hold these issues, even as they're incredibly important to us. We need to recognize that possibly in the light of eternity, some of these differences may start to look less important. Hmm. Um, And we may start to um, really want to dwell in those places where we do see commonality, um, where we can pray together, Mm -hmm. even if we might not vote together, um, where we can pray together, even if we might not uh, you know, necessarily have exactly an identical statement of faith with our neighbors. Um, and sometimes where we can pray together, even if we don't like the same style of worship, or, you know, a lot of the differences that really loom large to us today are tends to be differences about, um, like, our style and our culture more than they are necessarily about the things that really mm-hmm. matter to the heart of Christ. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I, Libby, your, your point is so spot on. I, I imagine when we get to heaven, uh, there, there will not be these divisions that we make mm-hmm. an awful big deal of today. Yeah, I mean, I just love that vision of in Revelation of, like, you know, just all of the nations together. And, and if we we think of that oftentimes, you know, through sort of geographic nations, but, like, what if we think of that as Baptists and Presbyterians and Lutherans and Pentecostals and Catholic and Orthodox, like, all of us gathered around this throne? I mean, that's, that's the party that I want to be part of. Yeah, I agree. Liddy Barlow is with us. She's the executive director of Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania. Um, Liddy... Uh, so you said that if we could gather around things that we agree on and then uh, kind of let the other things go, maybe not. I, I, I guess my question for you is, does that mean we have to change our opinions about things or, or change, you know, if, if someone feels strongly about baptism or someone feels strongly about gender roles or whatever? Um, does unity mean that you have to forget all that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I you know, God made 
30,000 species of butterfly, right? So, like, I don't think that that's a God who wants all of us to be identical, cookie-cutter, the same. I think that, um, you know, our diversity can teach us. Um, our diversity can strengthen our own walk in faith. Um, it can be really meaningful to engage with a Christian who disagrees with you on an important issue. I think that that conversation can result in, you know, it's not that it's not that any of us are going to ultimately convince others into our point of view right. and have to abandon things that we deeply believe. It's that instead, or instead by encountering each other, all of us are going to change. None of us are going to stay the same. That's what relationships do to people, is they change us, and they change us for the better. Um, so I, I think that ultimately, you know, I, I can only imagine that when Christian unity is, is fully visible in our communities, all of us will have changed, but none of us will be grieving for what we left behind. Mm, that's good. I mean, I, I think this is so true, what you're saying. We tend to weaponize those yeah. other people, mm-hmm. right? They're the bad guys. We have all the answers in our denomination. When the fact of the matter is, we're, we're trying to be authentic and truthful in our relationship with Jesus instead of creating enemies, especially with inside the body of Christ. Kath uh, uh, is good about this, Libby. She, she goes to other churches other worship services and experiences this in, in a deeper way that, that I do. And she always comes back and, and I know Kath, I don't want to speak for you, but you come back different. I always come back different. Yeah. It, and I oftentimes, well, first of all, it's, it's usually uncomfortable. I think that's the first thing mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge is it's usually uncomfortable, but the uncomfortability part passes. Um, yeah. And it, and there's something good about kind of being on your toes you know, that you're not on in your home church because you're kind of used to how everything goes. And so you tend to notice more things. Um, I don't know. I just really love it. It's given me like a vast, I don't know, it's given me a vast panoply, you know, um, uh, and it, this is kind of funny. I just, this just happened when I pray the Lord's Prayer, which uh, we were doing on Sunday at my church. I, on earth as it is in heaven, I always, when I, when I say on earth, I just try to think in my head of all the different church services I've been a part of, yeah. all the different worship services, because I think that's what's happening on earth in the church. Yeah. I don't know. I really love it. Yeah. This past September, I had the opportunity to attend the World Council of Churches Assembly in oh. Karlsruhe, Germany. Um, and it was it was incredible. I met Christians from every country I have ever heard of, including people you know from countries that I you know could only of. vaguely pick out on a map, right? That's cool. And um, in the worship service, we um, we did we worshipped in several languages. So we had printed copies in each in our own language, and different languages would be used um, from the podium. And then when we prayed the Lord's Prayer, we were all invited to pray in our own language. Wow. And so there was this incredible cacophony of every language just coming together, and it, it sounded like heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most beautiful experience. Wow. Okay, so Liddy, as the executive minister of Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania, you get together regularly. I mean, I'm sure you break bread, you sit around tables, you engage with people who are of the Christian faith and of not the Christian faith, Jews and Muslims, and have deeper friendships, I would imagine, with those men and women. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, while our core mission at Christian Associates is around the unity of the church, we have always been involved in interfaith, multi-faith relationships as well. Um, So it's important for the Christian community to have um, friends in the Jewish, Muslim, 
Hindu, Buddhist, Baha'i, Zoroastrian, you know, Pittsburgh is so diverse religiously communities, um, because ultimately those relationships help us support each other in our time of need. Um, they help us identify where, you know, our beliefs are, are so different, you know, with with these folks, we're never going to come to that, that point of perfect unity um, in the way that we will with other Christians. Um, but we can work together for the good of our neighborhoods. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we've developed some wonderful relationships over time. Yeah. And Lydia, for me, it, it's just a constant um, reminder that if we want to share Christ with somebody, it's not going to happen if we're never with them. And if we're only right. and, and mm-hmm. we're not going to have anybody to share Christ with if we're only with Christians. Stuck in the church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think you know, for me, it's um, the way that I tend to share Christ with my friends from other world faith traditions um, is simply to live out my own Christianity in the best way I can. Right to really demonstrate the fruit of the spirit in my life. To um, you know, to to share the spiritual practices that are meaningful to me, um, and then to hear from my friends of other faith traditions. Um, about the spiritual practices in their traditions, um, some of which I, I think Christians can really learn from. You know, I think the um, the ways that in um, in traditional Jewish learning, you learn with a study partner, a habruta partner, um, and and study the text and and study the tradition together with with someone else. Like that's a terrific practice, and I don't think there's um, anything stopping mm-hmm. Christians from studying our own texts that way as well. That's good. Lydia, if people are interested in a deeper conversation with uh, Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania, uh, they can connect with you. Uh, Tell us how. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best ways to do that is to follow us on Facebook. Um, You can find us at Christian Associates SWPA. Um, You can also visit our website. That's C-A-S-P for Christian Associates SouthwestPennsylvania.org. And there you can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter, which um, has a title in Pittsburghese. It's called Unity and That. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's Liddy Barlow. Uh, She joined us as Executive Minister of Christian Associates of Southwest PA. Liddy, good to talk to you. Thanks, Liddy. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Don and Kathy. Have a happy ride home. You too. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a quick break. It's our daily feature. Does this make sense? That's next on The Ride Home for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. A Retirement Watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement. Independent advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter. You'll also get Bob's five model portfolios and five free reports, including the hidden rules of retirement, hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid, cashing in on Congress's $350,000 retirement shocker, plus two more free reports and an exclusive conference call with Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on local now channel. Terry Wardena is here from the Gateway Clipper. Experience a night out in Pittsburgh aboard our Captain's Dinner Cruise. See our beautiful city while you enjoy a delicious dinner, DJ music, and the great company of family and friends. Make your reservations now for a night out on the water at gatewayclipper.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a low of 58. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, the high 80. Cloudy most of the time tomorrow night with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Those storms could bring flooding down pours, hail, and damaging wind gusts, the low 68. Mostly cloudy Thursday and humid with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Flooding down pours, hail, and damaging winds possible, high 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Makes sense. <laughs> Probably not, but does this make sense? Uh, the beanbag chair. Oh, <laughs> oh, this hits close to home. I know it does. We, oh, okay. All right. Okay. My kid went to college. Oh, can I have a beanbag chair? Yeah, so we bought him a beanbag chair. He comes home from college. Now the beanbag chair, <laughs> I'm coughing, is in the living room. And I don't like Which it. Which is where you didn't want it. I don't like you it. You never it's, wanted a beanbag chair in your living it's room. It's ugly. It's lime green. Just the other day, I said, can we get rid of this? I was outvoted three to one. Oh, we love the beanbag chair. Oh, we no, no. It's so comfortable. But I'm like, really? Everybody says how comfortable the beanbag chair is while they're sitting in other chairs. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like if you have osteoporosis. Right. I mean, Who's using the beanbag chair? I mean, chair? seriously. Don't you want like yourself? Yeah. The beanbag chair. So you're asking me? Yes. It makes no <laughs> sense unless you're living in a college dorm. Right. And that makes sense. And then it makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's fine. Right. Yeah. So here's a cautionary tale. Don't buy your kid one. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Don't do it. I thought I was being like, you know, a good dad. 
Yeah. That came back to bite me. That thing's going to be there until those guys move out. Yeah, you're probably right. Right, exactly. I mean, I even went up and thought, oh, well, let's buy a second chair. Then I thought, oh, never mind. It's a long story. Heaven help us. The beanbag chair does not make sense. Does it make sense for you? John, it doesn't. I'll be honest with you. And the reason it doesn't is exactly what you said. Everybody talks about how great a beanbag chair is, except when they're sitting in it. Right. Everybody likes the idea of it. People like the look of it. People like the fact that it's affordable. People like the fact that you can get it in various colors. But nobody really wants to no. sit in it. It's like a waterbed. Yeah. Same era. Uh-huh. Same bad mm-hmm. design. Yep. Does not make sense. Yeah. Okay. Does this make sense? Coffee table books. That is a sensitive topic in our household. Uh, it, in ours as well. Mm-hmm. Along with the beanbag chair. Mm-hmm. Do you have them? Yep. Mm-hmm, so do we. I'm going through a process of trying to cull the herd. Yes. I mean, on the surface, oh, a bean, a, a, a coffee, a, a coffee table book. Right. Look that, at I could, that I could read from the beanbag chair. Oh yeah. Look how beautiful those images yeah, are. We want to keep that. They're dust collectors. I mean, how? Like, I pulled out one on the art of Cezanne oh, last night, yeah. and I thought, I love Cezanne. I don't think I've cracked this book in a decade. Right. But there it sits. Is there it sits? Because I love Cezanne. Yeah. I, I don't think they... I, yes, they make they sense. They make they sense. Do- <laughs> You're making it up. That's craziness. No, they do nope. make sense, but you have to show restraint. Mm-hmm. And it, or do they not make sense? I'm, I'm, what I'm doing right now is an example of why yes. they don't make sense, because I'm making excuses for them. Can you rotate them? Maybe in and out and then pay attention to them? Probably not. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> 101.5 WORD. Everybody's talking about it. It's that time. Time for back to school. Back to school. If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuition. Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online, with no complicated forms, and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but... If something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos, they've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy, non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy, rates may vary. The Bible felt heavy in Marzia's hand. She knew the gravity of what she and her friend were about to do. In their home country of Iran, distributing Bibles made you an enemy of the state. Marzia prayed, God, if I'm arrested, please give me strength. Don't let me deny you. Every Bible they distributed brought them one step closer to prison, but they freely gave away more than 20,000 until their arrest in 2009. Still, they rejoice because thousands now know the name of Jesus Christ. 
Shine the light of God's Word in the darkest places. Today, just $6 sends a Bible to a persecuted believer. $60 will send 10. Call 800 229 3705. That's 800 229 3705. Or click on the Voice of the Martyrs banner at wordfm.com. Before I came to RPTS, I was a church planter and pastor for 22 years. And I found a lot of confusion about what really constitutes a church. Dr. Barry York, president of RPTS. We want, first and foremost, our ministers to know what a church is and what the church really needs. So, how to develop the preaching ministry, why we practice the sacraments, how to properly care for God's people, and that you exercise proper oversight of them. The church needs servants like you. Are you ready? Visit rpts.edu. Okay, we've done this. You can't find your phone, and you fall into some anxious abyss. Mm-hmm. Have you done What this? am I going to do? What's going to happen? So, what's going to happen to my? That's horrible. I'm going to lose contact with civilization. I'm yes. not going to be able to find my aunt's address. I don't know what. My my driver's license my... and credit cards are on this in this phone. Mm-hmm. It's my life, my children's photographs, marriage certificate. What's my phone number? I have no idea. I don't have How any... can you not know, I don't know my phone number. number? I don't. I don't. Listen, what, what's your wife's phone I number? I don't know. You don't know your wife's. I don't. What, what are your kids' phone numbers? I don't know anyone's phone number. You know the only phone number that I know? Huh. The station hotline. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only number that That's I know. Awesome. Uh, so if something goes wrong, clearly that'll be I'm in trouble. Right, right. Right. Okay, listen to this. Nomophobia or no mobile phone phobia is when a person experiences fear or anxiety about not having mobile phone connectivity. Nomophobia is considered a modern phobia, you think. It's most likely stems from increased reliance on technology and concern over what might happen if you suddenly couldn't access your needed information. Yeah. Nomophobia. It's similar to other psychological conditions related to fears of certain things. It also shares a connection with other types of anxiety disorders. Research shows that several potential psychological conditions such as social anxiety, Panic disorder may appear in a person before the development of nomophobia. However, it is still unclear if the disorder comes from an existing anxiety disorder or from a cell phone addiction. Mm-hmm. Symptoms are similar to other phobias. They can include changes in breathing, trembling, sweating, agitation, disorientation. Research what are you shows, reading from? I'm reading from uh, medicalexpress.com. Okay. On the other hand, possible predictors of nomophobia can include obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors related to a smartphone, interpersonal sensitivity, feelings of personal inferiority, social discomfort, as well as the number of hours smartphone users use each day. Holy smokes. All right. Do you have it? Here's No, I don't have it. Maybe I have You think I have it? Well... Go without your phone for a day, and then come back to well, me and tell me. We can't because we can't we can't do our job. I without don't know. Our phone. Can yeah, I think you can find a way to be successful without the phone? And if you do that, I'll memorize one phone number. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. I don't feel like this is really for my benefit. I think it might be for yours. I don't know. I told you that when I was on vacation, yeah, I happily put my phone down yeah. and did not care because everybody other than you and Lexi. Who, who I knew needed me was there. Mm-hmm. 
everything was taken care of. Yeah, yeah, or, or anyone who needed me could yell, could yell out, "Mom, right. Kath," you know. But what if? Have you ever lost your phone? I, my phone was stolen one time. Gone forever. Mm-hmm. In the North Hills Junior High Auditorium during a choir concert. What? Who does that? Who does that? Mm-hmm. That was lame. So yeah. was your anxiety off the charts? Not having had your phone? How did you replicate it and all the information in it? Well, our phones are provided by the by our company that we work for. And so I contacted them. But of course, the big thing was I didn't know how to contact the company. Because I didn't have my phone. Like, it's so stupid. You're, you're, you've become so reliant on the thing. I was like, well, I'll just use my husband's phone. Except, what number do I he call? He doesn't know the number to call right. for employees. The helpline. Right. So then I I'd had give to, you the hotline so number. then my husband had to call you. Yeah. And you had to look up the number for the helpline. Yeah. And then I had to call it from my husband's phone. And of course, when it comes up, they're, they're, they're like, okay, are you calling from 412? And they spit out my husband's number, right. which is the number I'm calling from. But that's not the number I'm calling about. And so I ended up routed in the completely wrong direction. Anyway, it was just, it was really stupid. It was stupidly hard. How long did it take you to get a phone back? Uh, I had it within four days. Okay. Yeah, because I lost it on a Monday and I had it on Thursday. So those four days, you were untethered. Mm-hmm. How did it feel? I felt like I was missing something. Fear of missing out. Yeah. FOMO. FOMO. Four days of FOMO. Why? Because you've got a laptop or you know um, an iPad. Same kind but of I thing. didn't have an iPad then. Okay. So all I had was my computer at home and my computer here, but I didn't have anything in between. I was missing out. I felt like I was missing out. And I was afraid I was going to be missing something. Like I was going to miss a work meeting. But here's the thing. I have missed work meetings before while I had my phone. So So that's okay. So so the idea that like I would all of a sudden fall Mm -hmm. into some, you know, information right? I've I've fallen into the information hole with the phone. I text you. Where are you? Exactly. We're waiting for you. you. Oh, what? uh, What? Remember the first conference call we ever did with uh, with uh, national management, and I was out watering the garden and left and didn't and didn't put the mute on. Right. (laughs) And people were like, "Is." Is there a waterfall? Hello, is someone? Does someone have a waterfall? Are they by? Please mute, mute your phone, please. That was a long time ago. And you weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. No, you're just out there. La la la. You logged in. Oh, Kathy Emmons has shown up. Check the box. I learned my lesson. But not really paying attention. And I'm like, I'm texting you, Kath. Hey, Kath. What is going on? Where are you? Yeah. What are you doing? It's so loud. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Um, you feel like you have it? Obviously. Yeah, I do. I know I do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, this okay. phone is connected to It was to probably my head. five years ago that you went to a silent retreat for oh, an entire week. Which is excellent. You went to a monastery. Mm-hmm. You went alone. Yes. And you had to leave your phone in the glove compartment. Right. I went to Gethsemane in, K- in Kentucky. And when I got to the parking lot of Gethsemane, I put my phone in my glove box and didn't touch it for seven days. Now, Lexi, you weren't around in the. St- you were obviously you were around. You weren't working with us at that point. Can you believe he did that? Not at all. <laughs> and would it? How many people did you talk to in a week's time? No one. No one. I he, talked to God a lot. He he did not speak for a week. Yeah, the first night. The first night was really odd because I didn't know what to expect. You sit down for dinner. Oh, it was not a night. It was lunchtime. You sit down for lunch. 
And me, you know, being social, I sat down next to someone, of course, being clueless my first time there, and I said something to, to the person hey, next to me. Hey, how are you? Yeah. And they didn't say back. <laughs> so I burst out laughing <laughs> like an idiot. And then I was like, oh, right, right, right. Be quiet, you know. So then I just shut it down. It was fabulous. You really. did fine, though. Oh, I loved it. I would so, do it again in a heartbeat. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if you are truly addicted to your phone. No, because it's what you said. Um, I knew I knew where my phone was. My, my big fear is like losing the phone mm. and then falling to the Oh, and, okay. But if I, if, and everybody knew where I was and not to, not to contact me. So it was like I was in a safe place. Okay. That's all. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. The morning that I left, <laughs> when I was like walking towards my car, like a rush of thrill, of unfettered. I'm back. Uh, yes. I mean, it was like desire unleashed. Like my beloved was waiting for me <laughs> in the glove That's box. So sad. That's it was. So and then when I turned it on, here was the horror, though. It was in the head, the opposite. Direction. Then I turned it on, and you go to your email, and <laughs> the tsunami rush, and you see the all the emails loading, all the texts loading, all the notifications loading. I was like, I mean, I almost burst out crying. Like, I just spent this week in solitude, and then on a dime, I was back in the real world. So you know what I did? I turned it off until I got back home. And so you could like emotionally. I called my wife and said, "Hey, I'm I'm alive. I love you. I'm driving back from Kentucky," and then then got back on. But seriously, that emotion of like, "Oh, my beloved is waiting for me," which is such a sickness. Right. And then being overwhelmed by the anxiety of all this information that had been in you know the cache all these seven days. Okay, listen to this. my husband and I are watching this documentary the other night on the Rue Akali, which is the empty quarter. It's uh, a 250,000 square mile portion of the Arabian Desert where nobody lives. It's the largest place on earth that has zero human habitation. So we're watching this documentary because this, uh, it's very short. But this woman who is, I was guessing from, by her accent, maybe she was German or Austrian, Swiss, maybe. She was taking a uh, a motorbike ride into the Rubakali with a friend. So he was on his bike. She was on her bike. Um, but when she was in Yemen and uh, it the Rubakali is uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, and there's another, oh, uh, the uh, UAE. They kind of all meet in a triangle. In, the tri- in a triangle. So she was on the Yemen side, and uh, she stopped to get gasoline. And they get to this point, and there's this big sign. Okay, it's like a, a road sign. Um, it's not like hand scrawled or anything. It's just it's officially done. But it basically says, after this point, you are on your own, and there, no one's coming to get you. You're not going to be able to get gasoline or water or food. If something happens to you, nobody's coming and there is no cell service. Just watching the documentary, when we got to that point, I felt sick. 
I did. And it wasn't, I felt sick because of no cell service. I'd never considered before being in a place of danger and there's no cell service. Like there is nothing. Like something happens to you, you are on your own. Okay, now you know people are listening right now who may have a flip phone or no phone at all and go, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. That's sick. Mm -hmm. How weak is that? Yes. I'm honest about who I am. Me too. I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. But even if you have a flip phone, if you need help, help, there's a connection. But imagine being going to a place where there is just no service. And it's not like there's not going to be any service for a mile. Like there isn't any. Here's the thing. We were adults when the phone became ubiquitous. Imagine never having that vision of like not knowing. Being Ferdinand Magellan. Well, <laughs> but like our kids have don't know a world without their phone. Right. We grew up in a world without a phone. Right. So, of course, we'll navigate our way so through So people this. explored. People were mountain climbing and people were going into the Rubakali. Right. Without anything but it's different i'm saying i that's it has created a different sense of anxiety in me that it wouldn't have been there otherwise okay so thanks for bringing it up now i feel worse anxiety disorder that's mm-hmm. a sickness it is it just anyway after the break we're going to come back and talk about peaches because it's right. eat a peach day and that's so much better than talking oh about some sick i, do, I am a little anxious after yeah, this i know me too my can you imagine going into the desert like that no well You would do that? You have to be prepared, right? Have your act together. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust. And they get paid instantly after their shift. And it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. 
If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. It's Eat a Peach Day. Who wouldn't want to eat a peach I'm, today? Lexi, you, you like a peach? I love a peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, you know, so I... John, you and I have discussed before how we've ordered from the peach truck, Mm -hmm. which are Georgia peaches, and it's been really terrific. For the last two years, we both got the big box, 25-pound? Yeah. 25-pound box. Um, It was well worth it. It was well worth it. I think you get about 40 peaches, Mm -hmm. maybe 45 in there. It's changed now, right, because of what's happened? Yeah, because 90% of their crop was uh, Mm -hmm. decimated because of the super cold winter. Right. Uh, especially around the Christmas holiday that they had and we had. When you were growing up, did you eat canned peaches? Yes. yes. I have Listen, I have canned peaches in my refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. When my mom was passing away, she desired, uh, which was you know shocking for Grace Hall, the peaches in a jar that are refrigerated. Oh, those are the really good ones. Yeah. Yes. So I was buying those, and she would you know sit there and savor those things. Because they're so delicious. Mm. Have, so when's have the last them. time you had a canned peach? It's been a while. It's so good. You have to put the can in the refrigerator. To make it cold ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I got, that's still a good peach, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It? It's still a very good peach. And now they're not, well, you can buy them in, in uh, syrup, syrup or, or, or not. Right. And so I always buy them in not because it's, it's better for you. But no, you want drinking this. the juice after, oh, that's so delicious. Yeah. You can buy them in regular or light, light syrup. Oh. There's three kinds now. Oh, really? Regular light syrup. Or fruit nut. juice. Yeah, right. And what are you buying? Well, as a nod toward health, I'll be doing the light syrup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as a nod toward health. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I still want that. Peach ice cream. Yeah. Sign me up. 100%. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it very much. It's one of my top choices. Peaches on cottage cheese. Never. I despise cottage cheese with every fiber of my being. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, never. It's one of the most disgusting things. It is disgusting. Things. My mom used to just love a peach mm. on top of it. With, and then she'd put black pepper on top. Well, I kind of like that. That's it was pretty. Mix it up. But that was the where it stopped. That's a very 50s, 60s It thing. seems like it is. Mm-hmm. Well, 50s and 60s, she was at her prime. Exactly. That's right? Her, Trying right. to stay. But she was going to fit in her pants. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's an, an important thing to do. Uh, what about peach pancakes? Have you ever had those? I've not. So um, I'll give the original Pancake House a plug on McKnight Road. Uh, They have peach pancakes there. And the peaches are not on top of the pancake. Mm. They are baked inside into the pancake. Okay. And then the pancake Mm. arrives to you 
and it is dusted on both sides with cinnamon sugar. Well, that sounds really good. Holy smokes. So all I did was put a little butter on the pancake. Good to go. It yeah. is unbelievable. Excellent. Unbelievable mm-hmm. peach pancakes. Mm-hmm. Very I nice. mean, and I think, you know, I've made a lot of pancakes on my I don't know how you get the peaches to, to, to be in there so nicely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're not like hanging out the bottom or whatever. Anyway, right. this is very delicious. Okay, so on, on is it National Peach it's Day? It's called Eat a Peach Day. Eat a, eat a, so do you have a peach? Yes, I have uh, peaches, canned peaches, mm-hmm. but they're in like the plastic thing in my refrigerator right now. That will do. I'm going to have right? them tonight after dinner. Not knowing it was uh, National Eat a Peach Day, I had a peach and cereal this morning. So I I'm going to go home it. and still have some more. Now, did you put sugar on top? No. Why would I? No. What kind, what kind of cereal were you having? Um, honey Bunch of Oats. Oh, there's sugar in that, yeah, so that's yeah. good. Okay. It was excellent. Delicious. Anyway, hope you have a peach today. You should. Celebrate, please. Have yourself a great night, and uh, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. See you first. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.